Welcome, wrestling fans, to a bout of epic proportions. It's time to strap on your boots, throw that title over your shoulder, and stumble to the middle of the ring for a double choke slam from the Brothers of Discussion. In the far corner, the older, the wiser, the funnier, Mike Klingenbang Kling. In the other corner, the younger, the quicker, the prettier, Matt, thumping and pumping, clang! Hi everybody, welcome to episode 62 of the Brothers of Discussion. Brothers of Discussion, oh, yeah. episode 62. If you want to find those other 61 episodes, you go right over to bodpodcast.com. That is bodpodcast.com. Fuck Podcast. it. You say fuck it? Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck. Uh, that's bodpodcast.com. Uh, and uh, if uh, you can't spell B-O-D, fuck it. I, th- I thought you were, were going to say, if you can't spell podcast, that's B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, <laughs> then an actual dot C-O-M. Can I, I'm going to be honest. Here's what really happened. I was going to say that uh, Mean Gene has two words for you. And I couldn't, oh. I couldn't think of mean, so I was just like, uh... "Got two words for you, fuck it." <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you can't, uh, if you can't figure that out, you're also gonna have trouble with our social media uh, because that is at BOD Podcast. That is Facebook and Twitter. We have tried to do a great job for you guys. There's been some good tweets out there that you guys have have really enjoyed over the last couple weeks. It warms my heart. Uh, but yes. you gotta share it. So that we can grow the show. Uh, right. But right now, uh, we... We like favorites. We'd rather get retweets. Yep. Always right. retweet. Oh, when in we doubt. Should, we, yep. Retweet, retweet it, it out. Retweet it out. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm two hop slams deep at this point. I'm already forgetting what we're doing. Ooh, it is 9.51 Eastern Time. I'm on my third mimosa. Nice. That is definitely a beverage of the night. Uh, Mike... Is that, are you saying it's a hooker drink? Yes. What are you saying? <laughs> the beverage of the night. Uh, Mike, we just got uh, liked by Nigel McGinnis. How about that? No, we didn't. We did. No, we didn't. We did on Twitter. The real one? Yeah. I, uh, I, Boom. I tweeted out a picture. So this all wraps into one. This is a great transition by me, by the way. Uh, if you're not following us again, it's at BOD Podcast. And uh, Nigel McGinnis, if you could have just retweeted us, I'm sure this would have blown up. <laughs> I tweeted yep. out uh, best faction in the WWE and NXT, and then I, uh, you know, I put out there Morrow, McGinnis, and Percy Watson. So I was fishing. Yeah. I went out pandering. fishing. I like it. Put some bait on the end of that uh, that hook that Nigel was uh, looking for. Caught me, caught me some Nigel, and. Uh, Mike, the reason I'm bringing that up, I'm forgetting that I was transitioning into our first topic. <laughs> I would like to mention that that tweet has exactly one like. And <laughs> yes, it's... if you can't find hey, it. Hey, Percy and Morrow, can we get it up to three? What are you guys doing? <laughs> what the fuck is Percy Watson doing? <laughs> Why is hey, he 
man. You liking that? The brothers of destruction. Brothers of discussion always getting a bad rap, man. Come on. <laughs> He's probably uh, heard your impression. He's like, fuck those guys. Hey, man, I don't sound like that. Why is Percy always getting a bad rap? Oh, all right. Uh, fuck it. Matt, before we get too deep into NXT, yeah. uh, well, while we're talking about Nigel McGinnis, oh my god. Um, Alright, you want to talk about having a budget and production value. Uh, we had the NXT UK takeover this week, but in the post-coverage, post, uh, post, uh, we got a full-blown documentary on commentator, former wrestler Nigel McGinnis, a friend of the show. Uh, who now we have three favorites unless Matt you favorited your own tweet yeah that was me god damn it alright well still counts as three yep uh, and if Gimli was here it'd say ah still only counts as one <laughs> uh, so um yeah they, they did a documentary on Nigel's wrestling career saddest uh, thing I've ever seen where it's you know it's uh, uh chase, chase the magic follow the magic um because he Follow wants to be a dreams. professional wrestler, but he also loves doing card tricks in his in his free time. He loves entertaining the people. He's a real showman. Um, you know, so this documentary kind of showcases his his coming up. How he basically wrestled. I wouldn't call them strong style matches. I'd call them ECW bloodbath matches. Yeah. Um, you know how a David Arquette match is supposed to go when David Arquette's not involved. Uh, you know, with blood and guts and sweat and just, you know, you're leaving pieces of yourself in the ring. Because um, because if if you bleed for your dreams, Mike, your dreams will, your bleed, dreams your, will, bleed, will bleed for, for you. you. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is... Um, uh, uh, very apropos that you get to quote Daniel Bryan in a Nigel McGuinness... McGuinness. Nigel McGuinness. How many champagnes have I had? In a uh, Nigel McGuinness Let me read this phonetically uh, real quick. McGuinness. <laughs> This is the Nigel. best episode we've ever done. Uh, oh. So the reason I, I brought that up was because of how closely tied together their careers were. And Mike, did you start to feel like Daniel Bryan was bleeding into the heel of the story? Like, even though he really didn't do anything to Nigel, didn't it just kind of feel like this could have been like like a movie? This could have been a real movie where. Daniel's getting everything that Nigel ever wanted, and Daniel admits, I never even wanted this. I didn't want this. I, I wasn't about this, but I'll take it. I wanted money. And then Nigel just, god damn. Yeah, it felt like like Daniel Bryan was, uh, who was that actor who got cast as the new Han Solo? And he just he's just getting everything coming to him, and people aren't even, they're not even sure he should be in name. those spots. Yeah, nobody knows that. But, but it feels like Nigel's in like the classic paul giamatti role where he just keeps looking over and all these great things are happening to his peer and he's just just stuck in a you know with a rain cloud over his head yeah um just injuries he had freaking hepatitis uh b and they you know I, i'm pretty sure it was a legal obligation you know in the documentary they said they had to get everybody tested who he's ever wrestled with and he was still the only one who got um infected um Hopefully that wasn't a work because I feel like if that was a false story, there'd be people coming forward and trying to sue WWE. So I mean, that's just an incre- incredibly bad luck, like for yeah. Nigel. Um, and he, you know, he even, you know, did a they did a show, a documentary within the documentary where he was, you know, showing how you know his very short lived 
uh, career was already coming to an end because of all these uh, physical ailments. Um, and the documentary's you know, turning point is that he gets noticed by WWE. Uh, Michael Cole gives him a call and says, hey, we want to give you a shot on the commentary team. Um, Which was actually, it, still... was, it was a pretty cute segment in the documentary where he actually put his hand up to his face <laughs> to, to take the phone call. And yeah. uh, he didn't actually say hello or anything. He just made this face like, <gasps> and it's like, no, Nigel, it's a documentary. You got to explain what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, at that point it's supposed to be happy go lucky. Yay. The WWE came and saved the day, but Mike, he did, we just talked about this before the show started. He just did these interviews. He just answered these questions. The sadness is in his eyes now. (laughs) I mean, the day is not safe. That melancholy just kind of. You know, that thousand-yard stare. Yeah. You know, like, you could still see that he wants to be out in the ring. And it, it, it all, I, I know it's better to be employed by a wrestling company rather than not. And he's this was his dream to work for WWE, and it's what he's doing. Right. But, man, to be that close and so far away, you can just see the heartbreak on the poor guy's face. Well, like, doesn't uh, it make sense right now, too, that he'll have, like, the most-watched documentary on the network about his crushing you know, defeat and his, his fail, his failed wrestling career. And at the same time, yeah. Daniel Bryan's on his way to main event. WrestleMania as the WWE champion. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm giggling because Nigel is living a great life right now. Yes. He didn't hit his dream, but I would, you know, I would kill for that life. And I, I hope, you know, Daniel Bryan's words in the documentary where he'd probably be happier if he was wrestling, but he's happier now than he was when he was wrestling so i i hope that's true like i hope i do too i hope he doesn't go i mean now he's got a family you know when he looked really happy when he's looking into his kid's eyes and he had you know his baby resting on his chest like that's yeah that's it's just you know we talked about it in the pre-show too like um (laughs) when you're watching this documentary it's not like watching you know like when they did the, the one for the Hardys, like oh right. man, Jeff had a really awful moment against Sting, and he had to, you know, he was drunk in the ring, mm-hmm. and his, you know his demons were there. Just that one. You moment. know, that was like ten years ago. Like <laughs> Nitro McGinnis, he he said like today. Yeah. It's not over. Nope. He's still fucking bummed out. We, you know, all these. This is his dream is right there. Like you know. You and I have a lot of work to get to where, you know, we would like to be wrestling-wise, commentary-wise, you know, talking-wise, right. you know. Maybe Sam Roberts is, like, a a, a goal for us, in a way. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, he's I'll on start TV. growing out my he's hair. Talking, he's, sit, he's sitting next to Booker T. Quacky, quack, duck. <laughs> um, that's not a bad life to have. But you, um, you do make a great Nigel point. Nigel is right there. Like, he could walk ten steps to the ring and just... I'm entering myself into the Royal Rumble. Fuck you. I, you know, and he, he can't. He can't. So it's just, you want to have that awareness that he is, you know, it's not just, he was sad yesterday. He said today, he's going to be bummed out tomorrow. He's He's got a great life, but man, to be that close to your dreams, it's it's really a heartbreaking story. Yeah. It, and, it, you know, to bring up Jeff Hardy too, what's funny is, how 
different those struggles are and how you know you can make the argument that jeff hardy's struggles aren't you know they're not completely his fault there's probably something that happened growing up that really pushed him into these yeah i mean there's a lot of studies too with like like the pain wrestling gives your body so you try to find some sort of outlet and then you're you know you have like this brain malfunction where you can't help but get in this like cyclical um uh, like self-medicating except the medicine is you know something that takes pain away something that numbs you so it happens to be alcohol because it's easily ac- accessible so you keep getting in this cycle where you're like all right i gotta keep going gotta keep going gotta keep wrestling gotta keep being in the ring gotta keep being visible but the only thing that's gonna do that my body's in pain so i gotta i'm not gonna be able to get out of this pain medication i'll just get alcohol so you it's that's also a bummer you know it right. sounds like jeff's doing a lot better now but well, the point I was going to make was just like, um, you know, you have you have issues like that, but then th- like, and and you know, you make the argument, you don't want to compare people's troubles, you don't want to say that somebody's issues are worse than somebody else's, and you don't want to say that you know something is one person's fault and not somebody else's. But Nigel McGuinness, I, you know, this is almost like the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. Like it's just, it just keeps piling up as a bad reference. Cause nobody watched that TV show except for me and you, but yep. it's just, everything is out of his hands and he's only trying to make the right decisions is what hurts him. Oh, in that moment when he talked about meeting the WWE doctors and being honest with them and yeah, we know, uh, the hoops Daniel's been going through to, you know, stay in the ring. Um, I mean, he's even pretty candid about it in his, his talking head interview about Nigel McGuinness, where he's kind of like, yeah, I might have omitted certain things. And, you know, Nigel was trying to play by the book, and you could see how that hurt him um, as, as far as getting approved by, you know, the medical staff at, in uh, Connecticut. Yeah, and that's that just goes to that point where it's like, I, I'll just say it. Like, Nigel McGuinness's story might be the most sad in pro wrestling, only because, you know, there's so many things that, I just feel like we're out of his hands and it was just circumstance that destroyed him. And you know, there's, there's other sad stories in the WWE and in pro wrestling, but I, I just feel like this one is so heart. Like it's so much more heartbreaking because it seems like there's so much that he couldn't, he didn't even have a choice in, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so like that story definitely resonated for both of us um yeah and it's something i, I didn't expect i, I didn't almost, expect it i happen. almost started crying like i don't want to sound like the guy that i kept my tears in like i cry at everything that was another thing <laughs> i wanted to cry i oh. yeah i you know and i'm gonna say I, I, you know just just two things it definitely resonated with both of us and, and I, I don't think i intended to watch it you know it was just it was after nxt uk and the tv was still on and I was like, oh, I'll leave this on for a minute. Oh, I'll leave it on another five. All right, I'm watching this all the way through. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, whoever whoever noticed that this guy had the chops to do these shows, just, whew, that should be a bonus. Like, I, I can't even imagine NXT and NXT UK without Nigel McGuinness uh, on the commentary. Yeah, good for Michael Cole um, giving himself the rub on that one because we'll never be <laughs> able to prove it or disprove it. But, you know, I just felt like uh, he's down on his luck, so I gave him a call. I saved Nigel McGinnis' life. Because if you remember, too, um, Nigel's story was he only got a call from Stanford. 
know, it's not like Michael Cole's name is hard to come up with when he's the guy that pretty much runs the whole commentary business with the WWE. Right. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll leave it at that. But uh, your final yeah, thoughts, then? No, that's it. Uh, just, uh, you know, he's a real, he's a staple for me. Yeah. And just like when, um, uh, when Morrow had to take some time off, you know, to make sure his mental health was in a good state, I, you know, I hope Nigel doesn't have to take breaks because either of those two guys, and he, even Percy, um, I, I think, you know, just when you go through the WWE Network and all the, you know, commentary options you had, um, I, th- I think they're really in good shape with these three guys. I, I really like all three of those voices. I agree. That's where that tweet came from, from BOD Podcast, or at BOD Podcast. Damn it, I screwed it up. Um, <laughs> another thing we've been tweeting about, Mike, has been the uh, Paul Levesque announcement, or Triple H. Uh, H-H-H, yep. <laughs> uh, what I thought was funny was it's the uh, NXT UK Performance Center. I thought, uh, like, on Twitter, before I watched the video, everybody was tweeting about the PC. And I was just like, why are they being politically correct with NXT UK? Why are they making a big deal about that? I don't give a shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not what it was about. It was about the Performance Center officially opening. And, Mike, I'll ask you this. This is how I'm going to start this segment. Boom. Was there any part of you that questioned whether or not this was open or not before the video came out? Whether or not the Performance I, Center was open? I'm leading the witness, but I 100% thought this was already open, functioning. I didn't need to see this video, which is where my point is coming from. But... Mike, this... I just wonder if, like, you know, if the Performance Center wasn't open, I think it would have been funny for, like, HHH to come out and be like, we just want to confirm uh, that there will be a Royal Rumble this year. Like, yeah, we, we know. It, it's already booked. It's it's there. <laughs> like, it's like, like, what would they have done this NXT week? UK performance. Like, yeah, dog, we've been doing two episodes a week at this show. <laughs> we know it's happening. My God. That... Like, that's, that is exactly my point, too. Like, did the fans need to know that this was open? No, we didn't, because it doesn't affect us. The only thing that affects us is what's on the WWE Network. And apparently, yep. there's going to be 24-7 uh, availability to the Performance Center, which I can't wait to check it out, uh, you know, at midnight and see what's going on there when all the lights are off. But... Um, <laughs> You just don't want to have Dozovich walking around there. Um, anyways, no. get, getting back to my point. We'll get to our new segment in a little bit. Right. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Mike, this is a rebuttal. 100% to AEW. And whether or not uh, you want to make the argument, you know, it, it, it I wasn't. Do. I, I, oh, wait, I would say that this is, this is an indirect, you know, to be more accurate. This is an indirect rebuttal where they're trying to get all the social media and press off of all elite wrestling. And I'm saying, Mike, this is the first volley. Because the first shot fired was, of course, AEW coming out with their press conference. Chris Jericho coming out. Pac coming out. That was the first fire. First shot. (laughs) Too drunk. The first volley was this announcement. Because if you watch it, Triple H does not give a fuck. Uh, Finn Balor, who is there, does not give a fuck. Charlotte, why the fuck is she there? Because that should have been Becky. Um, like, perfect spot for Becky. Um, yeah, since she's, you know, from the UK. But <laughs> anyway. Uh, but Charlotte had a whole... Like, no, nobody's prepared for any of these 
uh i I don't know if you want to call them promos speeches presentations pete dunn comes out this is his brand he also doesn't give a fuck because they made up these speeches that morning because it was not planned (laughs) mike this was not supposed to be on tv because it was a rebuttal but i will point to one of the lines that paul levesque had prepared because he's i think between yeah i i don't think we should put a ton into this story i think it was just a ridiculous like you're saying uh attempt by wwe to uh, well we got news too okay it it was right pathetic but yeah what was that one line that uh hhh had for us i'll I'll lay out all three points success you know so we can get into some wrestling here but uh paul goes you know the, the the big line here is you could have the best athletes in the world but if you can't show them to the world it doesn't do you any good. And right now Cody. we know. Did he say Cody at the end of that line? Yeah, he did. He, co- he coughed it out. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, we talked about it last week. Both of us are excited for AEW to get started. I'm really excited to, you know, like I want to watch these Chris Jericho matches that are happening. You know, the, the excitement that comes from these New Japan matches. I want to watch them in a reasonable time. I want to watch them on time so that i'm not watching them six months later sure wrestle yep. kingdom's available but none of them week to week programming i nope. want to watch that i want to watch that shit and i can't so now this gives us that opportunity uh but what triple h is kind of hinting at is that they don't even have a tv deal yet they don't have a, a wwe network they don't have an app that you can just access and even if they did it's just going to be fight tv you know there's a very small group of people that have that compared to fox and i'm not saying this makes wwe better the whole argument here is that wwe is recognizing aew and indirectly they're returning volley uh they also mentioned all the resources they have they mentioned their ability to showcase those superstars but also keep them healthy mike if this isn't that's a a big selling point for sure right if this isn't Um, a return volley for that press conference it's a return volley to tell the other superstars that haven't decided do i want to go to ring of honor do i want to leave the country if i'm domestic or if i want to move to the u.s am i choosing between all elite wrestling that sure their motivations are fantastic everything that's bringing that company together you know it'll be it'll be perfect it'll be like every food truck uh that you can go find a good taco but if you want to go find that you know thousand dollar restaurant that is going to have that perfect lobster you know the the surf and turf and you're guaranteed to see that on the menu because you know every item on that menu is a thousand dollars fresh lobster fresh steak you're going to wwe because they have the facilities they have the capital so again the point i'm making is this isn't just this wasn't for us this isn't necessarily a direct response to AEW, but they're definitely making the point to any superstars that are free agents, not including Kenny Omega. I think the writing's uh, on the wall here that he is yeah, going he, to AEW. He turned down the deal. Yeah, he turned the deal down for WWE. Um, but anybody think, else uh, that's left I think, uh... is, is <clears throat> making the decision based off what Triple H had to say. Yeah, I think I think uh, HHH, what he was basically doing was reaching out to wrestlers. Yeah. Um, if you want exposure, if you want money, that's what we have. So, you know, if you want to be part of this Groundlings operation, you know, go ahead. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know what kind of money you make on the indie circuit. Um, and, you know, somebody like Cody Rhodes, you know, there's a lot of interviews out there where he 
um, commented on, you know, I, I, I turned down seven figures to do what I'm doing now. Right. Um, and that's something he can do because he's already made money. Right. Um, right. He's not a saint, ladies and gentlemen. Keep in mind, he's a businessman looking to become Vince McMahon. I And I, I only say that to, to bring balance to the force, if you will. Well, the other thing I was getting at, I wasn't necessarily commenting negatively on Cody. What I just meant was... Oh, I... Those, those other wrestlers who've been doing the indie circuit, you know, if they hear that, wow, Cody Rhodes is going to be doing six, seven figures, um, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, I, I wouldn't mind having some 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 security you know no you're right um but uh i i guess what aew what their next big move is gonna have to be like it's it's fine that they're gonna do things every couple months you know so you you know you kind of build that desire yeah you know you don't want to try and overexpose because you know you got about a 10-man roster you can't do you know three shows a week um the next thing they're going to have to figure out is is how to get on Hulu or get on Amazon or get on Netflix, because um, that's where the money's at. That's right. where the eyeballs are at, and that's how you're going to make money and get people interested. Who knows? Maybe you do something crazy like a like a Bandersnatch, you know, event where people can pick stipulations live or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I think this is going to be something that, you know, you can experiment with and, you know, hopefully, hopefully they do get some sort of streaming deal to, to get some eyeballs out there. Cause part of that cockiness with WWE is they have such a big head start and they have so much more money. So AEW right. is going to have to be, um, they're going to have to think outside the box. Um, the last, last big news announcement this week. Um, it's something we've never seen before and it's, you know, about, a year and change since the you know real women's evolution revolution um they're finally going to get some tag titles yeah and they look incredible um we got to get some pictures up on the on the podcast website but um the announcement is that i think they said three teams each from round smackdown are going to do battle at elimination chamber um and then one set of ladies will represent, you know, both shows. Because the rosters aren't that deep. You know, we can't do a Raw women's and a SmackDown women's. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting news. Uh, definitely makes me want to watch Elimination Chamber more than, you know, I have before. And it was already a pay-per-view. I think you and I ranked up there with, you know, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank, and, um, you know, like SummerSlam as far as, like, those fun kind of gimmicky. Miss. yeah yeah uh matches so uh something to look forward to and you can yeah, see definitely. some women jockeying but you you know you want to get the royal rumble done first before you start um you know getting the tag teams together i'd say outside of you know like um boss and hug connection that kind of stuff yeah because you could ar- you could already make the argument that the uh, the build here like building up those royal rumble rivalries or whatever you want to call it the feuds just for that night haven't really gotten too much but uh, it would also you know you could build up a royal rumble feud for the royal rumble match you can build that up in one night so i i but i 100 percent agree then the next step is that royal rumble match has to have some hints and nods at who's going to be our tag team champs and who's going to be fighting for it so that's going to make it much yep. more fun because, uh, Mike, we do love our special events on the WWE Network, and goddamn, did we love NXT UK, NXT UK. TakeOver Blackpool. 
NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. Nice. That was a very good impression. Mike, the rest of them have been dog shit. But if you're doing <laughs> the announcer for NXT UK, that was perfect. I'm just kidding. You know I love all your impressions. Uh, Here's my impression are... of the NXT UK TakeOver audience. <laughs> Sorry. Is that you doing the Walter thing? Yeah. I, I started, started sounding like Star Wars, uh, so I stopped. So, <laughs> it did sound a little like Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to that song all day to do that, and it uh, still just turns right back into John Williams. Um, <laughs> Matt, hot tag. Shoot. Uh, what was the biggest, without Walter, what was the biggest surprise of the NX, NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool? That's actually a hard question to answer, because the second the match started, I regretted ever saying that Joe Coffey was going to beat Pete Dunne because i'll i'll answer it that way and say i was surprised that i ever thought joe coffee would win because i immediately started rooting for pete dunn you could see it in the match that was a hell of a match you know obviously it's silly because there's not so many matches but you're trying to go what was match of the night they're all really great matches but you could still see with joe coffee like there's some deficiencies there that need to be caught up um and he's a hell of a wrestler and I'm not saying I'm better than him. You know, I'm just comparing him to Pete Dunne. And he, uh, if you and I were fighting against him in an alley, he'd still kill both of us right. before we got one shot. Right. Yeah. But to comment it as a wrestling critic, uh, yeah, that's my biggest surprise is that I went in going, well, this is the end of Pete Dunne. We got to get uh, NXT UK going. And part of that yeah. is because, you know, this is twofold. If I knew Walter was coming, obviously Pete Dunne's not losing. But I still had that feeling before I knew Walter was coming. So, I, it's just, that's that's the biggest surprise. Um, I, the, and, and I don't want to blow all my load in one match, so I'll just, I'll stop there, because there's other fun things. But, Mike, what, what was most surprising for you? Well, actually, this night was full of surprises. Um wow you know because we can't use walter uh, i also was shocked that pete dunn like he looked noticeably better than joe coffee um i we did think zach gibson and james drake were going to beat mustache mountain but we didn't think they'd do it clean uh which they did do very true um yep. with finn balor think, yeah, and Devlin, i was a, i was a little suspicious when balor was making you know cameos at the uh you know announcement events um you know, and then as soon as Johnny Saint and whoever that other guy is, um, you know, they really need to stop bringing Johnny Saint out because I can't even think of who that that clown is because I just hear Johnny Saint. Yeah, um, it's uh, Tom Hanks' son, Colin. Yeah, Con- <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and they said, you know, we we were worried he'd do something bad, so we got a backup plan. Here he comes. You know, and, and the whole the whole crowd's chanting Finn. <laughs> Finn, 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 Finn. <laughs> um yeah as soon as he said he was ireland's number one yep. and then you know the real number one came out um <laughs> sorry i'm gonna say because I, I i'm gonna save it for a, uh the next hot tag but i'm gonna say the biggest surprise is actually tony tony storm um she's pretty good from australia she's real good she's a good wrestler you know against uh real ripley um, I don't know who you're doing I, I, an impression I, of right now. It could be either one. That was that was Tony time. Gone, <laughs> Tony time. Uh, so if you just have to go. I can't remember what comedian said that, but um, if you're going down on you gotta go a little bit lower to be Rhea. 
Yeah, an Australian accent is just a redneck British boy. <laughs> um, Anybody listening like, from I, Australia? I know that we have listeners. We love you. We're just kidding. Yeah, I mean we say, we're from Michigan. We don't say our, we don't say ours. We don't say our ours. We don't say our our vowels properly. We're really lazy. So you know whatever. <laughs> At least we don't sound like a redneck British person. Anyway, uh, I really thought woo nature boy. Um, I really thought Rio was going over. Yeah, uh, she said. Uh, what she had a one defense against. <laughs> I'm just you know, kidding. Tony Storm's already a made woman. I, I, I. Whoa. I don't know. She's a, she's a, she's a uh, little baby. She's a little Aussie baby, and now she's already got the championship. It's like, where's she I, go from here? I will say that the argument we made last week was that Rio was going to go over because they wanted to build up the women's championship uh, as opposed yes. to building up the roster. Uh, Tony had already won the Mae Young. Um, Rhea is the best woman on that on that roster on in the division. Uh, what? That, that, real quick, I don't want to forget, you saying that reminded me. I agree that Rhea has been the best wrestler yes. in that Mae Young Classic uh, and so far in the NXT UK. However, I think this was easily Tony Storm's best match that I've ever seen her do. Yeah. No, you're right. I think she made, like, she made Rhea look a little, a little lost in the ring. I don't know what happened, if it was... There's a couple weird missteps, but Tony looked like the like the cagey vet who is kind of calling the shots in the ring she she did her selling better her her offense was crisper um you know her her slaps and kicks looked a lot a lot stiffer um like that match won me over and made me think wow i guess tony is you know um a little bit of ahead as far as her 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 wrestling progression um but yeah you're, you're right i i thought we were gonna build the title and not the roster that's a good way to put it and Matt, um, hot tag question here. Yeah. What? Who do you think had the best? Or I, I guess we'll look at it this way. Who had the kind of sh- kind of um, kind of just best performance of the night? Um. Well, it's kind of not. F- I mean, you could pick Pete. You could pick Tony. I mean, even Finn Balor and Devlin were amazing. But I, you know, I just watched this match, so I'm cheating. But I, I really like Zach, Zach Gibson and James Drake. And I'll, I'll go a step further and say <laughs> Zach Gibson was fucking great. I, and now that I know that he's pretty, I, I guess, you know, from the Nigel McGuinness uh, documentary that Zach Gibson is just Nigel McGuinness, just a younger body. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, he, his, his selling in the ring... The faces, like, he gets it. He is pro wrestling. Because this guy is, you know, technically he's sound. He's smooth. Uh, and then, of course, any selling that he has to do and any storytelling he has to do, he's right there. And he also has fantastic timing. And if yeah. you'll notice, some guys have screwed up in their spacing and positioning. And he does a great job of actually hiding that and masking that. And I, I saw that a couple times uh, during some old Zach Gibson matches from NXT UK, and then I saw it with uh, with this match on um, Takeover Blackpool that he's he's doing a great job of making guys look even better. Like, and we're talking about Mustache Mountain that are misplaced, right. and, and and it was one of the one of the moves that that caught my eye was the uh, 
uh, Tyler Bate picking up both Zach Gibson and James Drake and yep. uh, and doing the spin. And you can make the argument right there that Tyler Bate was actually the MVP of that whole night. But uh, yep. it's always more fun to go against the <laughs> the crowd. Yeah. But I mean, it's Zach Gibson that picks yeah. up James Drake, and Tyler Bate actually is not ready for that pickup. So Zach Gibson has to sit there and, you know, kind of rally the troops, get everybody ready, and he's still holding James Drake the whole time, waiting for Tyler Bate to finally pick him up. That, yep. I mean, that is that is looking out for your, your opponent, you know, looking out for the other guys in the ring. And that was Zach Gibson. And he's our bad guy. Uh, my shoes are off right now. But damn it yeah. all, he was my MVP at Blackpool. I uh I think that's a great pick for MVP. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say that there's a kind of a surprise um, um, uh, performance. I'm gonna go with Eddie Dennis, and it's only because, you know, as soon as we heard his name, uh, he has a absurdly awful bad guy name. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's scared of any and Dennis the Menace. That's that's an <laughs> awful name. Uh, Vince McMahon had no input on that name at all. Um, and he's, you know, he's built up like a monster heel, but he's, he's not super, he doesn't have a lot of beef. Um, Good old he's beef. not, he's not as physically imposing as I feel he could be, but man, he, he did some feats of strength. I, yeah. I did not see coming. Yeah. Um, a couple times he had Dave Mastiff up, who was a legitimate, you know, 300 pound, man he's a big man um and eddie had him up um and, and kind of a kind of a razor's edge uh power bomb scenario uh, you know which would put a lot of strain on his on his back and his legs he had a couple he had a uh urinagi um which i think samoa joe would have blushed at uh if he could have seen what eddie dennis did he dennis did a couple spots where he acted like he had shaky legs but the only way you could get away with doing that is if you have the strength to pretend um, well, so that Uranagi, he he planted Mastiff on the steel stairs. That that was a pretty impressive spot. Um, first Mastiff, even you know having the torque to get his body around, yeah. and, you know to sell it. <laughs> um, but then Dennis having the you know the, the the leg and core strength to keep it up and make it look painful. That was it was it it surprised me. So Dennis, uh, hats off to you, sir. Uh, that's, that's another good uh, Dark Horse pick. Two of us pretending like we know wrestling more than anybody else. Oh, <laughs> Doing yeah. the classic. <laughs> now, who do you think everybody else picked? All right, not them. Obviously not them. Well, um, it's easy to pick, uh, you know, big, strong boys. You know, we know right. Tyler's. No, no, no. Uh, you know, we, we're both yeah. guilty. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, with that said, you know, we kind of got screwed this week for NXT UK, just the weekly programming. Um you know, it just look like the some the dark, dark matches. matches. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to say our boys. Um, oh frick, Fabian Eichner and uh, Marcel Bartel. Yep. Uh, got another uh, notch in the old victory belt. Um, and they look good doing it. Um, I think their their little double team finisher coming off the turnbuckle into that weird kind of twisty power bomb thing. Um, it it looks pretty violent. So. <clears throat> it kind of reminds me of Akum and, and Razar, who, as it turns out, are still employed by WWE. Um, yeah. <laughs> even though they've not been on TV. Um, when they would do that Master Collider, um, it obviously they're not you know doing the exact same spot, but it's that same kind of violence, right? 
you know, knowing it's pro wrestling, I still kind of cringe. Like, ooh, it doesn't look like it feels good. So, uh, hopefully you get to see more of them, uh, some more wins. And, uh, Matt, we can jump right into our favorite hour of TV every week, which is NXT America. Regular. <laughs> yeah. Non-derivative. Yeah. All right. Uh, Matt, uh, hot tag, what was your favorite segment this week? Dijakovic, easily. I can't wait mm. for him to just destroy this mm. entire roster. There's nobody as big and intimidating, and he's so... I mean, think about it. He's in a match. He's like eight foot two, and he's in a match <laughs> with a guy who's like five foot three, and he's still quicker. Not only is he stronger, but he's still dancing around this guy. I, I just, you know... Uh, it was It was not his greatest match. I, it, like the pacing was so weird because you're right he is super fast for a guy who's six eight, but they try to make him like the powerhouse and I I don't think he's comfortable doing offense like that. I I think it's about uh the booking of the match because we know what he's capable of. We've seen him in matches with Champa. We saw him two weeks ago uh making his debut. Uh we were feasting our eyes on Dijakovic. I I just I don't know. For me, anytime this guy's on TV, I'm excited. Maybe it's just because he liked one of my tweets and retweeted us once. But, you know, honestly, this guy's got that that feel of, like, yeah, like, I, you know, I know I'm one of the few people. Like, I really enjoy Drew McIntyre. He had a shit promo against John Cena a week ago. But overall, like, Drew McIntyre's turned in some great A sauce. Dijakovic for me is is gonna be that next like McIntyre. He's he's probably got to beef up a little bit. He's got to get some beef, as we've already mentioned. Now this is there. our second time yeah. talking about beef on uh, the well, WWE. I just but I, we, I just okay. Someone needs to write down how to pronounce his name. Dijakovic. Maro, yeah. Nigel. Uh, God bless America. What's the third guy's name, Matt? Uh, Percy Watson. Percy. God bless America. Uh, all three of no, them just, said both just pronunciations. <laughs> all three of them said both pronunciations. Now, and then we finally, said... at one point, at one point, uh, Nigel said Dejakovic, uh, and Marl goes, "Ah, it sounds like we've all got the itch. It's uh, Dejakovic. Oh, thank you, Morrow. Dejakov, Dejakov, uh, with the with the what a maneuver by." Uh, the opponent there. Wow, what a move. Uh, yeah, you got that right. He really put a move on him. Man, that DJ... Uh... Well, we both thought it was the Djokovic. He's really beating up Chode, isn't he? That's not Chode. That's a Joe. <laughs> well, we both thought it was the Djokovic. And then we were told that it was... Like, they took a moment and said, this is Djokovic. And now yeah. Moro's saying it's Djokovic. Well, he said both. <laughs> and then he corrected himself and said Dijakovic. Okay, so it's... It's D... Di, wait, Di... 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 Dijakovic. Dijakovic? Dijakovic. Like, I typed it out as they were saying it, like, for the last time. Dijakovic. All right, that's different than what they said. And what I... Okay. All right. We're going to talk about Andrade Almas losing his name. This guy is obviously losing that last name. There's no way that last name is going to stay in <laughs> WWE. Uh, but, yeah, that was good. Let's move on. Let's go on to yeah. the Street Profits doing some weird thing where uh, 
yeah, they're fighting each other now. I, I mean, are they Harper and Rowan? I, I don't know what's going on there. And they're they're beating up the T-Birds from Greece. I, you know, I don't know if they're getting heat. Uh, tell me more, tell me more. Why are you slapping each other? Tell me more, tell me more. Yeah, I banged your mother. I don't know what those <laughs> Greaser guys were doing. Um, and then the Forgotten Sons uh, come out to maybe my favorite chant since Zach Gibson shoes off. Um, for the Forgotten Sons, a crowd was chanting... We forgot you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it didn't just sound like heckling. It sounded like, I, I, I forgot you. I, I forgot. Did you remember? I forgot. You know, so it sounded like kind of an honest confessional, if you will. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm just going to say my hot take uh, for this is I... I don't know. The Street Profits aren't really doing it for me. They don't really have great promos. I don't understand the fight uh, that went down. Uh, we actually got a reply where I was like, what's going on here? Um, and the only reply I got was a no in all caps. I said, are they fighting? And it was just no. And that was it. No punctuation. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that was what was going on. So I just left it at that. But either, <laughs> either way... I, I am not invested in this. I, they're not like super sound technically, so I I just you know I I haven't bought into the Street Profits and seeing them break up is only exciting to me. Like it's not a bad thing because what they have been doing isn't working. Um, I you know I think they're I, I the promos get over for me. It's just I don't know what this was. Um with this new hyper-aggressive let's-fight-each-other thing. I, I, like you said, I don't know if they're teasing a breakup, but it it, it feels like the payoff's not going to be as good because this just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree with um, that. I think uh, Moment of the Night was easily uh, begun, begun by Bianca's really kind of cookie cutter kind of boring promo but when Shayna baszler walked out oh, my, oh god. my god yeah so good i don't i don't think she's ever sounded as as confident and cocky and funny yeah um my god if she's gonna be this good like going forward she's gonna be like like charlotte level you know like a becky level like that those kind of promos that kind of um tv exposure she's gonna get mic time she's gonna get main events on raw and smackdown like the promo was that good where i was like smiling ear to ear and laughing at her uh her taunting of bianca belair she said i'm gonna change your vocabulary from undefeated to overrated and it's just the kind of you know crap that you know wrestling writes but it's something that like jericho or kevin owens that's how they would have delivered it to make some corny line like that hilarious and that's what Shayna did with just full commitment and I, I would just, if she was in the room, you know, I'd cower in fear, but I'd also put a hand up to get a high five, because that is goddamn pro wrestling right there. That was some showmanship. Good for her. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up a name here, Mike. That uh, isn't, it's, it's gonna be quite damning to Bianca. Um, and it's, it's this, it's Nia Jax. Um, the response to Shayna to tell her girl, um, like. Shayna's, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, that is not the response. Like, if I, I get it. You know, that might have been what was written. But, you know, the writers have to get this together. Bianca has to go, no, that's that's dumb as fuck. I'm not going to say girl to Shayna 
because she's going to kick my ass. I it just didn't fit and it was eye roll inducing. It was every response that Nia Jax had to uh, you know, Sasha Banks in the uh, you know, the lines behind me promo. Um, I don't any Nia Jax promo in the last year. It was right on par with that where it's just it doesn't fit. It's not intimidating. It's not funny. It's not cute. Well, like it's not tough. It's not anything. It's just an asshole saying like Nia Jax. Not you know Bianca's not being an asshole, but Nia Jax's are just she's she's trying to make you angry, but it it just I don't know. I don't I don't I just, like it. I, you know, it's Bianca's first real promo, like, like step into the spotlight. Yeah um she's going up against the best nxt has yeah and arguably one of the top you know five that all of wwe has as far as women go um and you know it didn't it she didn't look right it looked like she kind of got garbage to work with first of all from the writing team but when the crowd started chanting the the undefeated overrated it seemed like that kind of uh, affected her it, it seemed well, like she's kind of like oh Hey, I'm, no, I'm undefeated. Don't call me over. It's me, no. Yeah. Well, I, I, you um, know, everybody, if you listen to every episode of the show, I, you know, I guess I've watched every Bianca match. I still don't see it. Um, I know a lot of people are behind her. I haven't seen not, yeah, that much I out don't. of Bianca. <laughs> so I, and the promo's not that great. So, and I, I, hail, we talked, hail, back. We, we talked two months ago. I don't know where that came from. Uh, hail Mike. I don't know. I think, uh, was that your, are you working on a Bruce Pritchard? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Well, hail Mike. That, we talked two months ago about Bruce where this women's division was going to go with, with, uh, NXT. That's, that's got a little bit of, a uh, Nolens to it. Uh, yeah, but, there's, there's a, there's a whole melting pot of voices in there. All right. Um, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, like I thought it was kind Bruce of Pritchard. banging my way around the South. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, golly gee, Mike, well, you making me blush get... over here. <laughs> um. I declare. Right. Uh, is that a bit of rose of blooming in my cheeks? It's rosy blooming in my cheeks. Um, well, I've either what? had too much bourbon or I'm getting flushed over here. <laughs> is that some fresh New Orleans bourbon? Well. Well, I'm gonna have some melted syrup on flapjacks. Anyway, uh, I mean bourbon Bianca, is, we got... is actually from Kentucky, but <clears throat> <laughs> sorry, Anywho, I don't know why I did that. We'll give so, uh, we'll give Bianca Cassius some time, but she definitely looked a little a little shell shocked, and it, it maybe she's thrown off by Shayna's greatest promo ever. <laughs> um, and, and and you know how people always talk about like the decision for a match booking was decided that LeBron. night. Oh, right, 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 yeah. <laughs> if if this was part of making that decision, they've definitely decided to keep moving ahead with Shayna. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, moving on, uh, we've got Cassie Sono taking down Keith Lee with his buddy. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't either. Uh, poor Keith Lee now at the bottom of the NXT barrel <laughs> after Man. Matt Riddle destroys Cassius a couple times. And now Keith Lee is technically, if we were playing the video game, he's worse. He's yeah, he's worse than everybody because Cassius is definitely at the bottom. <laughs> so Keith is now a step beneath Cassius, 
uh, in the yep. WWE 2K19 video game rankings. Mike, how do I you mean, feel? Uh, Keith Lee, you know, he uh, he loses to Lars Sullivan, uh, and now he's lost to Cassius Ono. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely some bizarre booking here. Uh, I thought the weirdest thing was that, you know, Cassius cheated to win. Okay, you know, we don't want to make Cassius just... Uh, I can picture his stupid face. Who has that losing record on WWE? Uh, Kurt Hawkins. Yeah. They don't want to turn him into the Kurt Hawkins of NXT. Uh, but does he really have to get rescued by Matt Riddle in flip-flops? <laughs> like, Matt Riddle had to waddle down the ramp to go Mike, save his friend. Matt Riddle and sure and his flip-flops didn't his fall off fl- when he dove in to save Keith Lee. Matt Riddle and his flip-flops have gotten us 10 new website views per week. It could oh, be the same guy who's got a Matt Riddle foot fetish. But for hey, whatever reason, it. that brings... If you want more Matt Riddle feet segments, <laughs> right? Just start sending... Get, give us some retweets, and we'll do 25 minutes on Matt Riddle feet. We'll start a new podcast if it means we can start making money on Google. We will do six minutes of toe. Oh, all right. Now it's That's got... a lot. It's gotten oh real. Once you say toe, now I start picturing it, and it's yep. just... It's not good for anybody. Can a, can a guy... Can a 300-pound Keith Lee not get rescued by a white guy in flip-flops? Can that happen? Impossible. Oh, anyway. <laughs> uh, Keith Lee, I don't know what they're doing to his career, but it's still not quite uh, to the, the, the depths of a new segment we have coming up. But we'll finish NXT, and then we'll get around to that. Matt, uh, we just got another chapter here. Johnny Gargano being heelish. Uh, his new thing is he sticks his tongue out a lot. Yes. Matt, hot tag. Uh, did you were you mad at him being um, a heel? No. Was it a, was it an effective tongue for you, brother of discussion? No. Was Humberto Carrillo? Uh, I started taking show notes on this guy, and I wrote his name, and then I wrote who? Oh. And then he was impressive as fuck. Uh, this guy had some crazy moves. Like he'd be right at home on two hundred five live. Uh, maybe it was he actually his... kind of showed. Yeah, maybe, maybe he kind of showed up Johnny Gargano a few times. Uh, I was, I was pretty impressed. I wouldn't mind seeing this guy um, on TV a few more times. Uh, hopefully his matches don't all have the same recipe, but uh, for one night, uh, that was pretty damn good uh, jobber performance. So Humberto, hats off, sir. Yeah, no, it was, it was fine. <laughs> I you know uh, I didn't I didn't take too much away from it which is you know I I thought he was pretty impressive um I don't think this is going anywhere so my brain kind of <clears throat> shut off and yeah 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 they just you gotta, gotta make those Johnny, choices give Johnny a win but you know the guy he did he did good yeah um uh, and uh, Matt we're gonna hop right into uh, our favorite segment here yeah um it's well it's let's oh God. I can't believe we're doing this, but there's a new segment we're doing uh, because Otis Dozovich and Tucker Knight finally got TV time on Raw and SmackDown after the big announcement a couple weeks ago. If you had no context about what Otis Dozovich does, I can't believe you'd be proud to have your children watching this guy on TV. Uh, Matt, the new segment, Dirt Overdose. (laughs) 
<laughs> where every week we're going to talk about WWE trying to bury one of my favorite professional wrestlers of all time. If if we know they listen because they steal our ideas all the time. So if we were ever yeah. trying to decide if they were ever going to do us any favors, if they like the show, this is the proof. Uh, this is the proof. As- Otis, Tucker, you are two of my favorite wrestling human beings in the world. But WWE, please, if you're going to listen to one segment, please, please stop it. Just stop. What are you doing? The- why Why is Otis going out there like a pervert and saying he's, he's I'm coming on Alexa? <laughs> Really? He's coming on Alexa. He's coming on the women's tag titles. I, like, I couldn't have been more embarrassed watching that. I, like, we're supposed to be turning over a new lead. Like, this is supposed to be a new show. And all we did was, instead of, like, going back, so a week ago, what, we saw Hulk Hogan and John Cena come back after we were told, this is new wrestling, right? Yes. Yeah. So now we turn the clock back 20 years and we're like, well, let's show Alexa naked. And then on top of that, uh, we're going to have Dozovich be the representative for all of the, you know, sick bastards at home uh, pulling their meat, pulling their own beef, sitting in their lazy boys. The Think about all that beef that's getting pulled right now. That's hey, my Vince dose, McMahon. dose. We're going to emergency segment. Get out there and play with your beef. <laughs> and he, I mean, literally says... I'm coming multiple times. Bad. That was the bad. Of, the look of horror on Paul Heyman's face. I I couldn't have been more horrified myself. Like that that's I, one of my favorite wrestlers that they're abusing out there. I can't wait for heavy machinery merchandise to be sold, but now I feel like I'm going to be a registered sex offender if I start wearing it in public. Cuz why are they doing this? To all them? it's going to be I, is Dozovich sitting on top of a tank. And the uh, launcher of the tank will only symbolize his dingus, and he'll be holding it, and there will be a word bubble that says, I'm coming. So you're not going to want to wear that T-shirt out in public, Mike. And it won't be shooting, you know, any type of military-grade shell. <laughs> it just, it just, you know, it, it just looked like, you know, I, I, wanted, I wanted Doze and Tucky to, to make it. You know, and Doze went out there and, you know, he did the job like his boss told him to do. And, you know, Tucky just took him by the shoulder and said, Doze, game over, man. Game over. Well. And he just escorted him to the back. I, you know, then we saw him on Tuesday Did it get any better? They, they were making milkshakes yeah. with the New Day, which is, is great. Uh, that the New Day is already treating them like clowns. Yep. Uh, you know, they've done zero matches. They're just doing backstage segments, and they're coming. Um, and I, obviously, everybody should be jobbed out, you know, to Becky Lynch. But right. My God, they don't. They haven't set like. If you don't watch NXT, you just think these are two fat bozos who don't do anything. Like they're they're just there to you know dance, monkey dance. Yeah, this is this is definitely Bulk and Skull from uh, the Power Rangers right now. They have no credibility. <laughs> None. How are you gonna come back? From, how are you gonna win tag titles after this? I don't know. I don't I, know. It's... So dirt overdose is just. I can't believe they you know are juggling these guys. And Michael Cole said as much that. They're not committed to Raw or SmackDown yet, so we're just getting the TV exposure. He didn't say that word, of course, but he said they're going to be on both for a little while. 
And this is what they do to my boys. Yep. Please, if WWE, you're still stealing our ideas, please, just give give my team a little credibility. Please. little respect. little respect to the viewer uh, so we don't have to like, watch that. Like, all right, even EC3, right, he got to be kind of a goober, kind of, you know, uh, panhandling to the camera, but he was still being EC3 because he was posing, you know, and, and just being kind of that, like, self-absorbed, egotistical character. Yeah, right. Where Dozovich just looked like a pervert. <laughs> yeah, he did. I can't, like... So our okay, favorite... I know he said... I, yeah, I know he said some questionable uh, comments on Mandy Sack's uh, Instagram, but that's that's on Instagram. That's not real life, okay? Make him look credible on my programming <laughs> every week, on my wrestling show. Yeah, so that's how the WWE comes back at you. He's not making himself look credible, Mike, so how can we trust... <laughs> how can we trust him to do it? on tv you can't but ladies and gentlemen that is week number who one who hasn't put a questionable comment on instagram i know i have <laughs> you do the same thing that's all right dirt overdose that's, uh, that's dirt overdose um god please rescue my character uh man we'll do a quick uh 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 one more segment that we want to bring back um is the new wwe segment so we finally did get new wrestlers uh ec3 lacey evans nikki cross was on tv in a real match yep and the crowd actually gave her a, a hearty welcome um and then uh, of course uh you know very hopefully forgettable heavy machinery segment that hopefully nobody right. remembers right, right, matt right. uh go ahead and throw a couple new segments in there that you liked um and one that i know you're gonna mention that was a little, maybe a little too late. A little, too little, too late. Oh, so I'm mentioning all of them then. Uh, well, uh, I absolutely yeah. love two of them, and I know what you're talking about is a little too late. But, uh, Mike, I'm not a huge fan of Rey Mysterio. If uh, you're a listener to the show, you know that. Yep. Rey Mysterio, he is the main roster Roderick Strong for Matt. But, Matt, go ahead. <laughs> Um, and I guess now and we're calling Roderick, him Justin he Andrade. Speak for both of us. All right, I like you. And Ray, you know, if you want to be a friend of the show, I'm your friend. Yeah, be Mike's friend, because I'm fine. You and your little weird purple I'll... tail that, uh... You know what? <laughs> I wish I had a purple tail, all right? So go ahead, Matt. Let's hear you argue you know against cool purple I was tails. so proud of my tweet on Monday, or wait, on Tuesday night for SmackDown. Because Rey oh, Mysterio you know has that stupid label on his on his mask that says mask. <laughs> and I said, you know, it had to be I labeled think... because during a live show, Rey Mysterio walked out with no pants and just a purple tail. Mike, that joke is I fucking th- gold. I think, I think what we need is more of those. Like right now, Finn Balor can wear a label that says pushed. <laughs> uh, uh, and Otis can wear one that says pervert. All right. Yep. But... Um, so Matt, Rey Mysterio, you're gonna buy a six one nine T shirt? Is that what we're figuring out here? No. Uh Andrade beat him and I'm happy and I'm glad that uh Andrade's getting the push because goddamn does he deserve it. Um and he's it's not like we're talking about like a twenty year old kid here. So just give Andrade a chance. You know, and, and I I think if we're talking, you know, we're we're gonna talk about Royal Rumble hopefuls. Um yeah. if he's not on the list I don't know who is because I mean, he'd be a dark, dark, dark horse. Um, well, I mean, you don't pick him over Ray Mysterio, or you don't pick Ray Mysterio over him. 
So right. okay. I, at, at, at that point, if you're playing that game, I think at this point we know like a guy like Randy Orton's not winning. You know, we shouldn't expect uh, even in Kevin Owens when he does return at the Royal Rumble, he's not going to win. Uh, neither is Sami Zayn. Uh, no Rusev. No Miz. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. I can't believe. Yeah, but I can't he's believe in the top gonna five. Give it to Braun Strowman either. Ugh. Mm-mm. We're going to talk about that. Give it to a big guy. Yeah. I, but, I think uh, that should actually big, be on the other this big list. news segment. Yeah. Kind of came out of nowhere, and it has uh, major implications for uh, the last week of January, Matt. Finn Balor winning the Fatal Four Way, uh, yes. and will now be facing Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Um, this was huge. Ooh. You gave Finn Balor an opportunity to win in a promo, a promo segment, which sounds kind of weird to say that, but yes, he got he got the uh, I'll say the victory in the promo, uh, and and in a battle with John Cena. One of the, I'll just say it, you know, one of the best WWE superstars of all time. Drew McIntyre, the hottest superstar over the last year that was dubbed by myself way before anybody else called it. And, you mean like uh, momentum and wrestling-wise or looks-wise? Hot take. Uh, both. Okay, Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, my God. You see that chest hair? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I'd like one of those. <laughs> Not, got... I don't mean I, wanna, I don't want to grow one. I just want one of his. Yeah. So go ahead um have you seen his uh workout playlist speaking about getting a claymore but uh go ahead i've got a claymore watching that if you want a good workout playlist drew mcintyre's workout playlist is the shit how do i get uh one of those glasgow kisses huh (laughs) anyways uh finn balor also won uh well he beat jinder mahal and that was where i was telling myself he beat jinder mahal okay go ahead that was where i was telling myself okay Jinder and his two little cronies are going to beat up Finn Balor, and then we're all going to go, oh, well, Finn couldn't have won. Why? Well, because he was so tired. I mean, he also got in that fight. He got in a little scuffle earlier. Plus, Drew McIntyre and John Cena are just so big. Of course, you know, Baron Corbin's there, too. Um, None of that happened. Mike, I can't remember the last time a wrestler got this big of a push. Maybe Seth Rollins fighting for, like, six straight hours on Raw back in April or March. But... Not counting that, I mean, this is a major, major push. And I know gender's not huge, but he has to win the promo. Then he wins against Jinder Mahal to get, uh, I guess, you know, he's now officially in the Fatal 4-Way. And then he wins the Fatal 4-Way by pinning John Cena. All of this was great things for Finn Balor. And if we're judging his broad different, that is obviously a yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, <laughs> like, as far as who's the who's the proxy, who's a real representative? Yeah, we talked about it when Ross, you know, hit the awful numbers and they wanted to do a reset. We said that, um, you know, it's it's fine that the McMahons are out there. That t- that tells us that they take it seriously. But as far as having a real voice, it's John Cena. So John Cena taking a pin for Finn Balor to get him over at Royal Rumble. And then cutting a promo at the end that says "I believe in you," that's that says a lot too. Uh, John's John's still got a lot of weight at WWE. A lot of beef. Um, he's still one of the faces. He's got a lot of beef. Um, so I thought that was a pretty big deal too. But um, as far as new segments, I think one that I definitely want to throw into this um, this part of the show that we're doing is Becky Lynch getting the Stone Cold treatment. And by that, I mean not just her her promo work against the Iconics, and she gets to crush, um, you know, that tag team with Asuka later in the show. Yeah. 
Um, but her her entering the arena, um, and the camera follows her. She marches around and drinks that disgusting milkshake made out of steaks and raw eggs and pancakes and all sorts of crap. Probably Dozovich beard. Oh God. Um, he's such a pervert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, see what they've done. See. Chucky, I'm a pervert. Oh, yeah. But Becky Lynch, like, it's... It's such a great example of SmackDown's... um, uh, uh, um, Being superior to Raw. Like, those those kind of cool little wrinkles. Because I don't think they take enough time to do... Like, focus on what the camera can do. So following her, you know, from the parking lot all the way out to the entrance ramp, it makes her seem that much more important, and the crowd was just electric for her. Just like, you know, Austin, Austin. You know, they are doing, Becky, Becky. Um, whoever had that idea, just, mwah, beautiful. Um, obviously, it shouldn't be recurring, because then it, you know, it loses the mystique, but just for one week to, again, you know, elevate Becky even higher, you know, with just one SmackDown left. My God, man, one SmackDown left before... Royal Rumble. Yep. This this was a heck of an episode. Really good stuff, except for uh, the revival. Yeah. Too well, that's on late. Well, isn't that what oh, we're talking about? Oh, as far as new segments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw that in there. I apologize. Um, yeah. I mean, the rumor that's out there, and I'm a little angry because if you read any of the stories, it's like, oh, well, my buddy was talking to his buddies, and then that buddy said that. The revival ask for their sounds like a sounds like a reliable source. Yeah, Yeah. it's basically every bear from a Disney movie before the 1980s. Hello, Um, that reference works on me. I hope it works on uh, (laughs) the rest of our audience. So all the Disney bears got together. They decided that the revival are asking for their release from Raw. They they finally take down uh, the Lucha House Party. It's just. You know, it, it is, it's fine. Um, our, Mike, I, I'll say it. You know, the Revival aren't the greatest tag team of all time. Um, and I think they will, sur- like, it, it, it'll be fine for them to go to AEW. Um, it'll be- they're, they're better than how they've been treated. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I just say, like, they obviously, like, this isn't a good fit. If this is a business uh like i mean it is a business but if this is like we're talking about like uh an hr and like a marketing type role and you know they just they can't fit you know like they're they they, everybody's going out to get drinks except for except for the revival you know like they're sitting back i'm not saying that's what's happening with the crowd there but all, all i'm saying is there's business decisions being made and then there's what the revival wants and it's it's just not a good fit so right they they should go like, to say that uh, breaking news, they asked for their release, that isn't news. That's obvious. They should be asking for their release. This is ridiculous. They are very talented. They're not the greatest tag team of all time. But if you were an individual that all you cared about was being booked properly, not about the money, then yes, you should go to AEW because you'll get a better shot at being booked properly. Um and I'm not saying everybody in the WWE only cares about money, but there are still perks for staying with the WWE. So it, it, it all just depends on where their head's at and if the WWE would actually grant this. Either way, I don't trust the Disney Bears 
to be giving me my information and rumors. All I'm saying is this didn't take a Disney bear to make this decision. This was obvious. This was something that you could have written this. We could have written this blog and said, we have sources that said this. And we've got a pretty good shot of it being right. And we can come back and say, hey, our sources, you guys should come visit our blog. Uh, these people don't have sources. They are full of shit. Don't trust them. They're just playing the numbers. Either way, it probably is too late. The revival probably should move on. But at least they got the the win over a Lucha House Party. Uh, that being said, I'd like to move on to uh, let's let's finish off. Let's. That's sad news. That's not fun news. That's someone trying to figure out their life and their career. Uh, Mike, do you want to move on uh, and talk about the rest of Raw? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we hit a lot of it. Um, uh, Strowman's getting kicked out of the main event. Yeah, can um, we talk about when that? When I first heard that news, I, I just assumed it was because his elbow wasn't ready. Uh, but then he you know, and, lifted a whole car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's tough because, you know, Heyman made that allusion to cards subject to change. Uh, I hope that they don't think that if we pull him out of the match, you know, the crowd's going to be really hot for him to win the Rumble. And I, I don't think that that's a great booking decision because it's just like if Big Show had ever won, it's not it's not in the crowd's best interest to just watch the biggest man win. It's it's not as exciting. Um, so I, I think that would be like, a nightmare situation well, for the Men's Royal Rumble. Hot tag. I mean, and this, again, I'm leading the witness here, but has Braun Strowman's time passed him up that's uh i mean those are the tea leaves those are the same kind of you know i heard from a friend who has a neighbor who has a cousin who's at i'm asking your feelings gym and he talked to stroman i mean he's been mismanaged when i um, when i watch the show i don't really care about his segments anymore and I'm sure it's probably because of the injury we're probably pulling a, a drew bledsoe here but uh, that's in reference to Tom Brady taking over the Patriots and winning all those Super Bowls and probably winning another one. Uh, Mike, if we well, pull Drew Bledsoe, it's best for business. We, uh, you know what this reminds me of a little bit? Um, uh, in different ways. Chatterbait. But, Go ahead. No. Um, <laughs> Nakamura not becoming the world champion. Mm. And it's not that we don't love shinsuke nakamura but he's not as good as aj styles and he can't be the face of the company i agree i agree with uh that yeah if you're gonna look at you know Strowman versus brock brock has he still has that uh transcendent appeal for people who like ufc who have a casual interest in wrestling so i get why they give him championships because he's famous um Uh. but to make him like the champion of raw if there's if this is if there's any uh, a validity to this claim that it's because Vince McMahon thinks that Strowman is cooled off um, on the crowd, I th- don't think that that's super off base because Finn Balor is is over. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's not just a Twitter handle. People love this guy. They. Um, you mean a, a hashtag? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> who, uh, yeah, Finn Balor's not just a Twitter handle, you guys. He's a pro wrestler. <laughs> he's, a, he's a man, right? He's got feelings. Um, 
Now, it feels BOD like they're podcast. Definitely... That's just a Twitter <laughs> handle. If you want to head over there, it's BOD podcast at BOD podcast. Uh, I can't. I I would be astounded if he defeated Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble. And uh, it kind of brings me to a quick hot tag I had for you, Matt. Matt, yeah. I'm gonna have you uh, ask. I'm gonna give you have you ask me and give me a number. Yeah. Okay. A percentage. What hot tag? What percentage is the likelihood that we see the demon Finn Balor fight Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble? Mike, first of all, I'm gonna give you the same number twice, and it's for two different reasons. Mike, there's a hundred percent chance that we're gonna see Finn Balor. And there's a 100% chance that I'm going to shoot a load so hard it's going to go from the top deck into the ring. I don't know what you said, but when you said shoot a load, I just assumed it was because the demon was coming yes. out. Because I would also be shooting a load. <laughs> that that crowd would, there'd be loads all <laughs> We'd all be Dozovich's out there going, yeah, we're coming. Mike. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Otis Dozovich at that time. I'm I'm coming and I'm ringing my arm up and down. Um, I, I when I had that first thought, I mean it was maybe 15 minutes after Raw had ended, and I, I saw Finn Balor uh, on Twitter yeah. posting about it. Like, I and then you know then you just start thinking about it, and you're like, damn it all to hell! Like they kept the demon safe. He squashed people. The demon. Mike, we could not only be seeing Demon Balor, I think we might see the end of Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. It's true. Matt, it's drink damn in that. true. Drink in that. Don't. Otis Stozovich Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. Don't think this is because I had two hop slams Ooh, and Matt, I poured myself a bourbon because I made the really... mistake. I made the mistake hey, of putting a bourbon in my office, and that let's uh, like... let's really paint the narrative here. So, what if Demon Finn Balor yeah. becomes the champion? Oh yeah, and then he's got to fight regular Finn Balor. Okay, no, Mike... Demon Finn Balor be- wins against Brock Lesnar, and then the winner of the Rumble is Seth Rollins, and we finally get a program that we were promised at SummerSlam when the Universal Title first came into existence. Ooh. Huh? 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 Well, I'll, no? I'll tell you, I I would absolutely love it. I hope they don't do a Nakamura where they're like, this guy has to be a heel. I, I will be totally fine if it's just Seth Rollins and Finn Balor going, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna kick your butt, mister. And then the other guy's like, I'm going <laughs> to kick your butt. And then we just see what happens. I think that... I think the Miz said Here's what's going to happen. Said, Ooh, gentlemen's contest. Riveting. Ha! Um... <laughs> It's Mike, I I get it. I know like we need a good versus bad, but if we're getting Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, I just think it's a different conversation. I think like when we're talking about the best of the best. Like if Kenny Omega showed up, would you need him to be heel so that he could fight Finn Balor? Mm, well, yeah, but we're not used to him yet. But that's what I... The idea of him is is cool. But why would you need... Who would you change... Okay, let's not do that. Let's wait till after the Royal Rumble. I don't want Yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen... It's not going to be... So after Seth Rollins wins the Rumble and Finn Balor Balor beats Brock Lesnar, who turns heel? (laughs) (laughs) But not now. All right, we're looking five years down the road. (laughs) Yeah, this is when it repeats. 
Five years from now, Mike, when they do the repeat Royal Rumble win, but Seth Rollins has the title and Finn Balor wins the Rumble, who turns heel at that point? But Johnny Gargano's got something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) All right. I don't think we have a lot to talk about. An 85-year-old Undertaker comes out and says, Rest! I'm sorry. Um... We've got we've got two things to talk about. One I just want to mention. Um, so it's just exciting that we got this little nugget from Finn. Uh, thank you for listening to the show, WWE Writers. I uh, hope you listen to this one. Mm-hmm. Matt, what did you have for us? Uh, well, Bobby Lashley takes the title away from Dean and Seth, so they could do something uh, more. Very good idea. Yep. So Seth Rollins doesn't need it. We're getting him in line to probably win the Royal Rumble, and Dean Ambrose. Uh, He's got better things to do than worry about the Continental title. Let me ask, hot tag, real quick. Yeah. What falls faster, Dean Ambrose or the IC title? Um, my pants if Finn Balor wins. All right. Okay. And then the Wait, last what thing. The, what were the options? I was so ready for for my pants falling. Oh, your option. joke. Um, I yeah. said Dean Ambrose or the IC title. What falls faster? Yeah. As far as uh, Res- uh respect but... or relevance uh, i think i think ambrose is probably a, a better suited just beating people up and not worrying about gold because if he's gonna be yeah. a psychopath i, I don't know he, no, he should you're be right. worrying about his stupid belt he should just be fighting people and doing feuds so i'll say that i think all three people come out of this uh so, better so the icy title Last... <laughs> yeah all right and our, our favorite segment week after week and this is our final. Yes. Mike, give me your two picks for the Royal Rumble. I'll give you mine. I am, I'm not getting away from Charlotte. She is my Royal Rumble winner for the women. Uh, for the dudes, for the bros. I'm going Matt Riddle. No, I'm going <laughs> Seth Rollins because Drew McIntyre has embarrassed himself uh, two weeks in a row. No. Uh, holding, holding a microphone in his hands. Michael, you silly, silly boy. We're getting that's Mike oh, the man. final three matches of the Royal Rumble. Yes, will involve Finn Balor, <whistles> Becky Lynch. I wanted another whistle. It's going to involve Becky Lynch, I think. Do you? Oh wait, she's you, winning the Rumble. Right, right, right. No, you you're mean, right. Are you? Are you putting the card in order? I, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. So she's going to no, win the... her title, and then she's also going <laughs> to win the Rumble, and then she's just going to sit in the ring for 20 minutes and pin herself at WrestleMania. Yes. Um... Genius. Okay. <laughs> Asuka's beating Becky. Becky's winning the Rumble. Finn Balor's beating Brock Lesnar. Drew McIntyre is winning the Men's Royal Rumble. Mike, Ooh. it's it happens too often. And it made me real. I realized it. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of Becky. All right, with that, that is the end. <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> I I still think that crowd is gonna go nuts if she comes in at 29, um, having just fought, and, and nothing is more badass than her going. I lost this. I'm going right back out there. Like, that would be fucking amazing. And and put over Asuka. Asuka takes down the man. That'd be great. And Becky still gets her shot to fight Rousey. Um, that would be pretty cool. Hey, and I, I, I think still I'm not think... predicting it. I'm not predicting it because I want it to happen. There's still a lot there for McIntyre and Finn Balor. 
I just, I'm getting to the point where McIntyre's promos have been just poopy sandwiches. Um, he wasn't that bad this past Monday. It was two Mondays ago. He really sucked balls. I mean, this this week he had one ball in his in his mouth. I think so. He but, was sucking two balls two weeks ago. So he's getting so better. next week's promo is going to be awesome. Well, the problem is two weeks ago he said, and this week he's like, I'm going to throw it in the tray. And next week he's going to be like, I got something to say. Mike, that was the funniest thing you've done on the show. <laughs> All right, we gotta wrap up. It's uh, eleven twelve. I got some Woo! ideas for some graphics I want to put together for the show. Oh my god, no! Don't no! Don't do a McIntyre graphic, Matt. That's not what I'm doing. Okay, you'll good. see. You'll like it. It's cute. So with that, keep an eye on the old social media. That's at BOD Podcast. Keep an eye on uh, BODpodcast.com. And, of course, listen to every single episode of yep. The Brothers of Discussion. Episodes 1 through 61 are already on BODpodcast.com. You can find everything uh, on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Please go there. Review. Subscribe. We have so many exciting things coming up, too. We got more Royal Rumble predictions coming up as they evolve with only one more week. That's right. Bras and Smackdowns. We are going to be recording as we get on the plane. So you're going to want to uh, listen to that because we're heading down to Phoenix. If you reach oh yeah, out to us, ducky. why don't you come find we, us? I will put that out there. If you can come find us on Saturday and Sunday, if you reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. If you can find us, you can have us. I will buy you a beer. You just got to reach out to us. It's at BOD Podcast. I have no problem buying beers. Come reach yep. out. We'll find, you know, we'll grab a we'll grab a beer together. We know we only have like twelve listeners, and the chance that any about a Royal Rumble ticket is probably not too high. So I'll, I think it's one in one in twelve, right? Uh, probably zero in twelve. But we'll. Whoa! Oh right, you're okay. right. Cause, so, cause I listen got, to the show. So that's right. Yeah. I will buy we myself got a beer. predictions coming up. But last week we got to make them count, man. We got. I'm sure we're gonna have more dirt overdose uh, segments, and man. We're also going to try and cover TakeOver next week and probably try and do a little uh, Royal Rumble coverage. Hell yeah. We are here. Yep. It's upon us. Keep an eye on the podcast for some blogs that are coming out in regards to Finn Balor and uh, who we want to win the Royal Rumble and our uh, fantasy bookings for WrestleMania. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Again, subscribe, review. Go to iTunes. Go to Google Play. Go to SoundCloud. Go everywhere. Listen to yeah, it. Make sure uh, you tweet us and you tag friend of the show Nigel McGinnis. Mm. Do friend of the show Nigel McGinnis. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to Brothers of Discussion. That's episode 62. Thank you very much. 7 more to 69. That's right. Back. Yeah.